0: welcome to the screen the screener college basketball podcast with your hosts mike randall and gus kearns welcome back to the screen the screener podcast everybody mike randall here with you today solo Doing a Randall rant on rankings. We love rankings. We love debates. We're passionate about sports. It's our outlet. And nothing gets the juices flowing for a sports fan more than who's better, who's worse, ranking teams against other teams, ranking players amongst that team. It's in our DNA. And what's even better is when you get to actually present or create an argument that's based on rankings. If any of you out there are looking for a way to get more involved talking about college basketball, your favorite team, favorite conference, I encourage you to just go online, look up these college basketball sites, and pick a team, or pick a conference, or see a job with a website, and apply. And listen, you don't get paid, not right away, but it's an opportunity for you to learn how to structure an argument. I'm fortunate enough to be writing for BT Powerhouse. It's a a blog from SB Nation. BT Powerhouse posted their opening. If you go to SB Nation, they have a lot of openings for different schools, for writers, Mississippi State, Arizona, and you can just pick a team and write about a specific sport or two if you want. And I saw that BT Powerhouse at the end of last year had an opening for writers, and it was perfect, right, because it was just college basketball, you know, covering Ohio State, covering football and basketball may be a little more difficult especially when my passion is college basketball. So BT Powerhouse is a site that is just devoted to college basketball articles. It was perfect. I applied. Site manager and editor Thomas Bendik contacted me back. He wanted to sample my writing, so I sent some of my fantasy football articles. And there it is. They hire me, and I've been writing for them ever since. And it's been fantastic. So right now during college basketball, it's a little bit of a dead time, right? Recruiting is going on. NBA draft is over. So we were talking as a group and we use uh, Slack, we use GroupMe, social media, Facebook, things like that to discuss what our article should be. And we came up with the idea of doing a Mount Rushmore, a Mount Rushmore top four players from each of the big 10 teams from 2000 to 2017 is a great idea. So we get to choose our teams, and that's the beauty of it is sometimes if you're working for a big site, you can choose which teams you're going to select. So I chose right away, immediately, early bird gets the worm, I took Indiana and Wisconsin. Now, the Indiana one I wrote, storied history, maybe the most history of any school in the Big Ten for college basketball, wanted to get it. And my article was finished and was sent, and it caused a passionate sports disagreement between myself and Thomas Bendit about who should be on that list. And it was great because the best way to think through some of these things as a college basketball fan is to actually have to write about it. We've had writers on here, John Gasway, ESPN, Eric Fawcett's been on here, writing about a particular viewpoint or a team and then talking about it and explaining your d- argument, much like a lawyer. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's exciting. So what I discovered is... In my selections for the Mount Rushmore and people's responses on Twitter and people's responses on Reddit and Thomas Bendit's thoughts, is this is very similar to the Hall of Fame baseball argument. You ask 10 people if somebody should be in the Baseball Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame, you'll get 10 different answers. Yes, no, maybe, I'm not sure, well, it depends. Then they'll do my favorite thing, which is compare to somebody who should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, compare is irrelevant. And that's what we have here. What do people value for a Mount Rushmore? Think of it yourself. Think of your favorite college basketball team. What would that mean to you? Would that mean scoring? Would that mean accolades, awards? Would that mean a critical cog hustler on a team that won a lot? So somebody who is the heart and soul of a team that won, but may not have scored the most points. What does that mean? Does it mean NBA success? A lot of ways you can look at it. Do they have to stay four years? Do they have to stay at least two years? And it came down to the old adage of whether someone is a compiler or not. And that's what baseball's seeing right now. Folks, Baseball Hall of Fame is the most watered-down Hall of Fame of any of them. And it's very simple. When Burt Blylevin gets in the Hall of Fame for baseball, who played 22 seasons as a pitcher and only made the All-Star team twice, when he gets in the Hall of Fame, you know it's watered down. That's a compiler. And somewhere along the way in America, it's not okay to just be good for a long period of time. You either have to be terrible or you have to be a Hall of Famer. You can't just be good for a long period of time. If you are, eventually they put you in the Hall of Fame. And that was my point with my choices for the Mount Rushmore for Indiana. I think it's about team success. I think it's about individual success. If you have both, you're a shoo in. But most don't have both. Especially a program like Indiana, who has not made a Final Four since the 2001-2002 season. And so if we take a look at the program, I had to pick four people. And let's take a look at what I thought. And I'll explain why they are the right four people for the Indiana Mount Rushmore. Since 2000, the Indiana team has made the NCAA tournament 11 times. They've had 13 winning seasons. They've had two Big Ten Player of the Year award winners and one consensus All-American. They're one of the most decorated programs in college basketball history, 117 seasons. They've made the NCAA tournament 39 times, or exactly 33% of the time, which is impressive. They've produced eight Final Fours and five national championships. The issue with Indiana, which made this such an interesting debate, is that the last 17 years have really not been up to their standard of success. They've had moderate success. But the only final four, like I said, was 2002. And they've made it 11 times. So you would think a program like Indiana, one of the most storied franchises, making the NCAA tournament 11 times, you figured they'd make a final four at least once, right? Even though they had that issue with the sanctions with Kelvin Sampson. We'll get into that. That was the low point for them with the whole thing with Sampson. But they rebounded from three consecutive losing seasons for a 15 game turnaround under Tom Crean in 2011, 2012. He's no longer the coach. What have you done for me lately? But now they have Archie Miller, and he's making the drive towards their ninth Final Four. So this is my process, folks. There's a lot of players that you could consider for this. Going through some of them, Christian Watford, great scorer. Eric Gordon, great player in the NBA. A.J. Moy, defensive player, hustle guy, critical key component of the team. Everybody loves him. All the NFL fans love them. Jordan Hulls, tried and true Indiana kid. Grew up rooting for him, played four years, shot the three almost 50% over two years. Incredible shooter. And the one that we're going to focus on, Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller played two seasons. He was dominant. Consensus second team All-American, freshman of the year, All-Big Ten, sophomore. But Christian Watford, Eric Gordon, A.J. Moye, Jordan Hulls, Cody Zeller, none of them made it. None of them made my list. And that's where a lot of fans have taken issue with me. I will explain this to you in a very succinct way. If you're going to go on the Mount Rushmore, you have to be an accomplished player. The team success matters. Sure, it does. But you can be a dominant player who just happened to be surrounded by difficult teammates. Not up to your standards. Not talented enough. You can do that. That can happen. Why should you be punished for that? Now, it's harder to be noticed when you're on that team. But if you're on a so-so or mediocre team and you get noticed with accolades, postseason accolades, and even, spoiler alert, a Big Ten Player of the Year award, that is impressive. And when you're a player on a good team, you get the benefit of having the accolades that come with a successful team. The issue is there's probably other players with you. So it's hard to separate your value If you have two or three other teammates that are also very good. But that matters. So it's easier for the player on the good team that has succeeded, won the Big Ten, went far in the NCAA tournament, to make a list like this. Because the player who's on the poor team has to be that much better. But if you have both, then you're an automatic. So let's take a look. The first guy that came to mind right away was Jared Jeffries. Jared Jeffries led the Hoosiers to their only NCAA tournament final since 2000, back in 2002. He's got to be on the list. They've made one final in 17 years. Jared Jeffries was the key component of that team. Now, he doesn't make the list if he doesn't have any individual accolades. Oh, but he does. He was an Indiana legend, homegrown number one. He was Indiana Mr. Basketball in high school. He played only two college seasons at Indiana and I do think that that's a disadvantage because those that play four tend to have the more storied career and have more of a chance to impress and make this list. But he was the Big 10 freshman of the year in 2001. He averaged 13.8 points, 6.9 rebounds, 2.4 assists, a steal and a block per game. Talk about versatile. And then in 2002, he was the Big Ten Player of the Year. So Jared Jeffries, in two seasons, is the Freshman of the Year and the Big Ten Conference Player of the Year. Folks, that's making the Mount Rushmore of any program in the country. I don't care that he would play two years. Hoosiers got a share of the Big Ten Regular Season Championship for the first time since 93 in 2012. So he was the main player on that team. So not only was he Big Ten Player of the Year, they also won the Regular Season title. And they went to the NCAA tournament where they reached that NCAA championship game against Maryland, 2012, coached by Mike Davis. He dominated that postseason. And he has the storied moment, the big moment that you need. 24 points, 15 rebound performance, and a 74-73 win over number one seeded Duke in the Sweet 16 for Indiana. One of the best wins of all time for the program, of a storied 117-year program. So while Jeffries only played two seasons... And I don't include the NBA. We decided not to include NBA success on this because it's just another variable. We started at 2000, turn of the century, and we did not do NBA success. Just what they did in college. Those were the guidelines. There is no way that Jared Jeffries is not on this Mount Rushmore of Indiana. Freshman of the year, Big Ten player of the year, led him to the only NCAA title game and Final Four they've had in this entire time. No brainer. Next. Another easy one. Victor Oladipo, probably the easiest one we have. He played three seasons, first of all, so he played one more season than Jeffries. He was not only a great individual player, but he was a great teammate. He was a defensive stopper when he initially came to Indiana. He made the All-Big Ten defensive team as a sophomore in 2012. That year he had 10.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.4 steals per game. Again, a guy who dominated the stat sheet. Now, his junior campaign for Oladipo was insane. 2013, end of his junior year, here are the awards that Victor Oladipo got. Big Ten All-Defensive Team. That's his second consecutive year for that. First Team All-Big Ten. Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Co-National Defensive Player of the Year with Jeff Withey of Kansas, by the way, for those that remember. Finished second in the Wooden Award finalist voting. Very close voting that year between him and Trey Burke. Very close. So second in the overall player of the year Wooden Award voting. Not just the best player, one of the best players in the Big Ten, one of the best players in the nation. Sporting News Player of the Year, he was a consensus first team All-American. And to cap it off with the team success, he led the Hoosiers to the Big Ten regular season championship, first time since that 2002 Jeffries year. They also were a number one seed, first time since '93 which was a big deal after those sanctions and those down years. So Victor Oladipo is a slam dunk on this team. Not an issue. Jeffries, Oladipo. Now let's get to two of the questionable ones. Not questionable for me, questionable for other people. I'm going to go with DJ White. Now this is one that some people sort of shook their head at. They wanted Zeller, two years, team did better. Let me explain to you something about DJ White. First of all, D.J. White was a recruiting coup for Mike Davis because Indiana doesn't get a lot of players from the South and they got D.J. White. D.J. White, I was at Indiana for four years. So he played four years, which also helps. He hurt his foot as a sophomore, only played five games, was out the rest of the year. So when I give you his numbers and his accomplishments, realize that he really only played three even though he was there for four. He was freshman of the year, Big Ten freshman of the year in 2005. So again, right away impact. 13.3 points, 4.9 rebounds, 2.2 blocks per game as a freshman in the Big Ten. That's impressive. His senior year, so he started as an impact player, hurt sophomore year, real solid junior season, senior year, Big Ten Conference Player of the Year, averaging a double-double, 17.3 points, 10.3 rebounds per game. By the way, no Indiana player has averaged a double-double or gotten Big Ten Player of the Year since DJ White won it in 2008. Now, you're going to say that the Big Ten, when Oladipo and Zeller and Watford and those guys were there, was much more competitive. Absolutely was. The fact that Victor Oladipo lost to a fellow conference player in Trey Burke for the National Player of the Year tells you all you need to know. But how hard was it for DJ White to win Conference Player of the Year when Indiana simply wasn't that good? DJ White's seasons at Indiana Here's how they did 15 and 14, 19 and 12, 21 and 11, 25 and 8. I'd like to point something out there. They got better every year that DJ White was at Indiana. And here's another one for you. How about the year DJ White left? You know what Indiana did? 6 and 25. DJ White carried this Indiana team to the NCAA tournament as a junior and as a senior. They were ranked in the top 10. While he was there as a freshman, they were ranked in the top 10 while he was there as a senior during the season. You can't put Cody Zeller on this list ahead of DJ White. Cody Zeller is freshman of the year. So is DJ White. Cody Zeller played two seasons. DJ White was there for four. DJ White was Big Ten Player of the Year. That's a pretty prestigious thing because only two players have done it in this time period. One was Jared Jeffries and one is DJ White. Cody Zeller didn't do it. Ah, but the team was better. You're darn right it was better. So you put Cody Zeller back on the team when DJ White's there and you put DJ White on that team that Zeller was on, the team that gets Zeller gets worse and the team that gets DJ White could be a national champion. Oladipo, Watford, Yogi was there, freshman I think, sophomore maybe, and DJ White. So folks, DJ White's making this Mount Rushmore, whether you like it or not. He's got the accomplishments. He's got everything you need. He finished his career with 1,447 points. That's 18th all time despite missing most of his sophomore season with a broken foot. So that's really three seasons. The Hoosiers made it in three of their four years, even though he was hurt as a sophomore. But the lack of overall team success knocks White down a little bit when it should really do the opposite and bolster him for what he did. You can argue he's the most valuable player, probably Jeffries was, so let's say second, on this Mount Rushmore to his individual team. And the last player that makes Mount Rushmore is Yogi Ferrell. Yogi's a four-year player. Yogi star point guard, Yogi finished his career as number one in assists. And that's the difference here. Yogi has some achievements as well. He was Big Ten All-Freshman team. He's Big Ten All-Defensive team as a senior. He had two, two, first-team All-Big Ten awards, 2015-2016. That's twice. He was a third-team AP All-American. And he was named second-team Sporting News All-American 2016. And he finished with the most assists in the history of Indiana. 633. Yogi's not a compiler. Not when you are Big Ten all-freshman team. Not when you're Big Ten all-defensive team. Not when you have two all-Big Ten first-team awards. That's not a compiler. That's a difference. People are going to point to Zeller because he was a consensus second-team All-American. That's the argument you have. You want to put him over DJ White. You want to put him over Yogi. That's the argument you have. But Yogi has those accomplishments, as just does DJ White. DJ White was a consensus second-team All-American in 2008. So Cody Zeller, consensus second-team All-American. DJ White, consensus second-team All-American. Cody Zeller, freshman of the year in Indiana. DJ White, freshman of the conference, Big Ten freshman of the year, Indiana. DJ White, Big Ten player of the year, Cody Zeller. (coughs) That's right. And Yogi Ferrell played four years. And Yogi Ferrell had the accomplishments as the individual. And Yogi Ferrell had some accomplishments as well as the team because he was part of those teams with Zeller and those guys, and he's the all-time assist leader in Indiana. Game, set, match. Your four faces of Indiana's Mount Rushmore. Jared Jeffries, Victor Oladipo, DJ White, Yogi Ferrell. We're going to continue this series at BT Powerhouse. Wisconsin will come out next week. Looking forward to that. You have Michigan. You have Michigan State. You have Purdue. You have some great ones. Illinois is out already. So if you're interested, start looking for writing. You want to write for BT Powerhouse? Let me know. Email the show podcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at FTSY Warrior Mike. Tweet the show at SDS Podcast. Let me know. Because when you have to sit down and do these debates and do these rankings, it's great. We love college basketball. It's our passion. And you get to sit down and actually debate. It's insane. But I sat and put a lot of time in this list. Family went to the in-laws. Stayed up late, looked at it. Cody Zeller, two years? I don't think so. Christian Watford? No way. Jordan Hulls, great shooter, great kid. Indiana, through and through. Not enough accomplishments. These are your four Mount Rushmores. Just like Gene Hackman said in Hoosiers, my team's on the floor. Folks, my four players are on Rushmore. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon. Screen the Screener podcast.